0: go to the App Store and download the Anchor app for free or go to anchor.fm to check it out.
1: For fans, by fans. Section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk.
2: Hey, I'm Matt Soroka. Today on the show, I discuss my favorite NFL strawberry. And if
1: all goes well, we will all continue our ride just like the Titanic. I'm the Zanny Bird Brody, and I'll tell you what I did instead of watching the Ravens this week.
0: And I'm Josh Soroka, and it's time to sign Alex Cobb.
1: All that and more on this edition of Section Three Three
2: Six.
3: Section336.com
0: Buckle up, birds. Be ready to ride. Your host, Max Dr. Bird, ready to fly. Baltimore's best, section 336, the number one sports broadcast, gets your fix. What's the news? Let's talk about bucks. our favorite Orioles, what's the latest lineup? Home runs and stolen bases, this is a trip, stay tuned in at 336.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Baltimore sports fans of all ages, welcome to section 336, the next generation of Baltimore sports talk. I'm your dearly studying host, Matt Soroka. As always, I'm joined by the ba- Zany Burt Rody. You can call me the Bainey
1: Burt Rhodey. I don't know.
0: And the Zutton Lover Jar Roka. Struggling over there <laughs> with some talking. Been a long day or something. Long Monday I, for you. I got a
2: bad case of the Mondays. <laughs> but that's all right. I'll power through just for our listeners.
0: Right, because every Monday is going to be bad from now on. The Ravens suck, and it's 99 days until the pitchers catchers. Yeah, no, I'm totally in.
2: I've moved on. I'm totally in baseball mode now.
0: Yeah, it's free. Is a free agency started when? Today? Well, I yeah, guess it technically yeah, started a couple of days ago, maybe. But today was like qualifying offer decision time, right? Right, yeah. Yeah, we'll get into that. And, and yeah, I mean, I know there's 99 days till until
2: someone reports or someone starts taking pictures of Sarasota or something. But right. um, uh, Ravens, good season. I actually was happy with yesterday. They took some shots down the field. The receivers caught a couple balls. I was like, all right, right. I'm not even mad anymore. I was going. I mean, good, good effort, everybody. The, the, uh, let's the, come on, Orioles.
0: The takeaway, the takeaway from Sunday's Ravens game is Richard Perriman's done, right? He talks he'll never be a good receiver.
2: I. That's your takeaway. I took that away what four weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So. But
0: I, I agree. But I mean, yesterday was the all right, we're going to give him like one more shot or whatever. I mean, he, I've never seen a wide receiver who can't catch, let alone who somehow has the magical power to do it, bounce it off his chest and into the other players' t- t- play, team's players so many times. Yeah,
2: like when the announcer's talking about uh, how Bashar Perryman has trouble catching the ball.
0: Your entire job but, as a wide receiver is to catch the ball. But it's worse is than that. It's job.
2: It's worse than that. Being a quarterback or something.
0: It's worse than that. It's the fact that John Harbaugh in the pregame interviews told the announcer, Rashard Perryman has trouble catching the ball.
2: That's like a pitcher who can't throw. Like, what are you doing?
0: Yeah, it did. I yeah. did. It did bring me to this question today when I was talking to some people. What is worse, the Orioles trying to compete without pitching or the Ravens trying to compete without wide receivers?
1: They had two think, wide receivers on the field on Sunday with uh, Wallace and Macklin, who are at least worth something. But, yeah, you can't say enough bad things about Perryman. It was like the one last chance. We're like, okay, we're going to throw the ball to you. Perfect passes directly in your hands. So all you need to do is grasp the ball and run with it. And he just still couldn't do it.
2: Yeah. yeah. No, but the, the order star rotation is a lot worse than this receiving core. I mean, Jerry Macklin, Jeremy Macklin is a competent receiver. And, and Mike Wallace, I think, is fine too. Rashard Perriman stinks. Ben Watson's a good player. He's a good receiver too. So I think, and Alex well, Collins uh, is a good weapon. I think the Ravens have some weapons. There. Watson's a tight end, but yeah. Why well, he, he goes out there and catches the football, doesn't he?
0: Yeah, he catches. Yeah,
2: does he receive the football? Does he receive the football? What do you? Is he a
0: catcher all of a sudden?
2: Yeah, well, I'm mean, I'm saying like a receiver, they receive the football. He's, he's a receiver. He's a receiving tight end. Uh, but and then, and Ox Collins, a dynamic running back. I think the Ravens have some playmakers there on offense. They just they just can't put it together. I don't know. I don't, I don't know exactly why, but whatever. I'm not even disappointed or mad. I was just like, huh, all right. Yep,
0: time, lost another one. Time to move on. Uh, you think yeah. they, you think they fire anyone now? by week.
2: Well, you see the article that was spreading around this week, right? The Bernard
0: Pollard article? No, okay. no one cares about Bernard, Bernard Pollard. Pollard. Bernard Pollard came out and <laughs> said that how uh, that Harbaugh's ego is has destroyed the Baltimore Ravens.
2: Yeah, because he got fired by Harbaugh. Yeah,
0: right. He's, well, he's Leonard, an angry
3: he's an angry
2: snowflake. Well, Bernard, Bernard
0: nah, Pollard pa, but Pollard also yeah. got got fired at the same time that there were uh, where Harbaugh's ball, ball Doghouse was in full effect with guys who were outspoken. Yeah. No, the, I was
2: referring to former Broncos head coach, oh, Kubiak. Gary Kubiak, open to return as an offensive coordinator.
0: He's hey. the best
2: offensive coordinator we've Right, had.
0: right. By open, does he mean in two weeks?
2: The, the article is <laughs> about 2018. Uh, but, like, my response is, no, don't fire anybody. But if Gary Kubiak wants to come and be an offensive coordinator, pay him whatever he wants and fire everybody hey. or fire yeah. whoever he wants to fire and get I'm, Gary Kubiak. I'm fine,
0: with, I'm fine with fire John Harbaugh and give Kubiak the the reins.
2: He said he doesn't want to be a head coach. He just wants right. to be an offensive coordinator. That,
0: fine. Then then yeah. Marty Marty's gone. You 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 bring get back Gary. Gary had good uh got along great with Flacco and hey, last time you fired your offensive coordinator, you won the Super Bowl. I think that yep. was the last time, right? When they fired Cam?
1: Halfway through the season. Yeah. In the middle of the season?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean, not that this team's going to the Super Bowl no matter who's coaching them. It's more, yeah. more issues than coaching.
2: Yeah, and you fire John Harbaugh mid-third through the season. I mean, I, I don't, I don't see why it makes sense to fire mid-season. I feel like you only fire someone mid-season if it's like there's serious issues going on
0: in the locker room or with the team or something. Or, or your quarterback comes into you and says, "Hey, you got to fire this guy. <laughs> I can't." I can't be dealing with these play calling anymore.
2: Well, yeah, well that, that that that's what I mean. And right. and so from 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 this standpoint, I see no reason to fire John Harbaugh. I mean, let him play out the season. Who knows? They might get lucky, make the playoffs. Everyone's terrible this year, and then right. you can even reconsider keeping him on for another year. But what's going to happen is he's not going to make the playoffs, and you fire him at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I I don't know. I think the the Kubiak story is interesting. I think you could fire Marty now and bring in Kubiak because you want to lock him up for next year. So grab Kubiak early now, if he's open to it before everyone needs an offensive coach. What yeah,
1: happened I mean, to there's Kubiak in Denver? Kubiak. What happened to Kubiak in Denver? Cause I was talking about this with my dad. It, he's not the head coach in Denver anymore. Did he get fired?
2: No, no, he, he had health reasons. Yeah. Right? He, he, okay. he stepped down because of health concerns. Gotcha. And that's why he doesn't want the responsibilities of head coach. In the article I read, he wants the responsibilities of just a uh, uh, assistant coach or offensive okay. coordinator. less responsibility. Sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, there's 10 teams who would line up begging Kubiak to be their coach. So, I mean, a lot of success with Denver. Uh, he has success here with the Ravens. He has success with the Texans. Well, not really success with the Texans. That's not true. But he's had success a lot of places he's gone. So, I mean, the Ravens will one, I'm sure, but there's also – Five, six, seven, eight, nine of the teams would want won them. Some of them with probably a better situation than the Ravens offense right now. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, if, if you can bring them in, of course you would take them.
1: Of course. i take them. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. Oh, no-brainer. Um, other thoughts? I, I mean, we are talking about Ravens football. I, I was excited they took some shots down the field. I thought that was awesome just awesome
0: then that's that's know. what's been the, I mean honestly that's been frustrating this season is to see all the underneath path but they did some shots when you have exactly. a guy like Flacco so yeah it was exciting to see them take some shots if guys would have caught the ball a little more they would have won that game
1: yeah probably I I put a new segment there in the notes since we're talking about the Ravens already uh Matt and I talked about it a little in the pre-show I'm just curious you guys actually watched the game then cuz i i didn't watch the game. I watched a little bit of it when it first started off and then i was like i can't watch this garbage.
0: I uh, i fell asleep during halftime and then i woke <laughs> up again in the 4th quarter. You old man, i watched the whole game
2: every snap, baby.
1: I watched I watched Gremlins on Netflix instead of the Ravens game. <laughs> a, a, a Christmas movie. And it it is it is ridiculous When's the last time any of you guys ever watched Gremlins before? 1989? Uh, yeah, it came out in 1984. It is not good. <laughs> it is so stupid. I was watching it with my 12-year-old and my 9-year-old, and we were, we're ripping them. We were ripping it apart like we were uh Mr. Science Theater 3000. It is, they they give they give this family three rules. Uh, keep it out of sunlight... Don't get it wet, and don't feed it after midnight. And the thing is living in their house for ten minutes, and they break all three of them.
3: <laughs>
1: it's so ridiculous. So yeah, that was much better, but it was still better than watching the Ravens lose to the Tennessee Titans. That's
2: good. I'm gonna get behind this this uh, segment, Bert. Next week, I'm gonna <laughs> do something. Uh, well, next week's the bye week. Uh bummer. But in two weeks when we play the Packers, I'm gonna find something inane and ridiculous and lame <laughs> to do, and it's gonna be a better experience than watching the Ravens. I'm all we about it.
1: We gotta try and top each other because I figure my Costco trips are getting a little old and stale, so I need to keep it fresh, like watching a movie from nineteen eighty four.
2: Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that.
0: I went and saw Thor on Sunday after uh, in the evening, well after the Ravens game. That was much better than Gremlins.
1: <laughs> I'm sure.
0: Special effects, at least, were a little better.
2: Yeah. I, no, I'll, I'll pass on Gremlins, and I'll pass on Thor.
0: <laughs> give, me, give me a break. All uh, right. Any
2: other um, Ravens talk?
0: No. I mean... Going go, go in the bye week? No, they're a bad team. There's nothing... There's, they're terrible. There's nothing to be really hopeful for. It's amazing that... That that one game in Miami that uh against the Dolphins that they had, that game makes no sense with everything else that we've seen this season. Yeah.
1: Oh that and that was a home game, right? Yeah, that, that was, a was home Thursday game. night. Yeah, that one in Miami. But yeah, yeah, you're right. That was a fluke. I told you guys it was a fluke when it happened. It's not they're gonna they're gonna come right out against Tennessee and crap the bed like they always do.
2: Well all that all that may be true. But we're still the second best team in our division. So take that and to put right. that in your pie hole. Right. We're
0: still not the Browns. And we're not and we're it? not the Bungles either.
2: The Bungles are yeah. a joke.
0: The one it was nice to see a team on Sunday that had as poor clock management as John Harbaugh. As the Titans caught a timeout during a uh, point after in the first quarter.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'd never seen that before. A timeout called before an extra point.
0: That was unique. Yeah, exactly. Unique. That was unique. As unique. uh as we are talking Ravens, the MLB network was talking Orioles. And really? They, yeah, and they just came up with the Orioles projected twenty eighteen rotation. Yeah, what do we got? We got Dylan Bundy, Kevin Gosman. I like it, I like it, Gabrielle Yanoa, <laughs> Alec Astor.
1: Oh, boy, our boy and, Alec
0: Asher. And the number five, Miguel Castro. That is how – and below that it said, the Orioles' number one offseason goal will be pitching. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean – Breaking I, news. I was shocked to see – like, I mean, I remember when we would see poor uh, projections last season with who would be in the outfield for the Orioles and stuff. Um but that is quite the chart to start talking about for Orioles pitching.
2: yeah, so so let's get into the sum. Uh, there's been a couple things that has happened since we last talked. The thing that happened today is uh, were we, did we talk about Wade Miley and JJ. Hardy not uh, not getting their options? They're bought out
0: they, they So Wade, Miley and J.J. Hardy are done. All right, now last week yeah. we talked about the Orioles uh reached out to Miley. Right. So they weren't going to give him the option, but I guess thought maybe they could get him cheaper. Right. Yeah.
2: So they're not going to pay fourteen million dollars for him, but they can get him for four million or for two right. million or something. I don't know. Ridiculous. Though I really want no part of that. And so um, there's there there's there's that. And and then today we hear that Wellington Castillo um, chose not to to pick up his whatever seven or eight million dollar option. That uh, seven million dollar option. Which we all expected. His, his, so, Casillas is going to go to free agency. So, now, all of a sudden, this team is looking pretty different from last year, right? We lose JJ. We lose Wade Miley. Ubaldo Jimenez, last I heard, the Orioles did not offer Ubaldo Jimenez a qualifying offer at seventeen and a half million million uh, one-year deal. That may have changed, yes. <laughs> but last I heard, Ubaldo Jimenez was not offered, I repeat, was not offered a qualifying offer by the Orioles. I'm glad. Yeah. I think So no Jimenez, no Wade Miley, no J.J. Hardy, no Juan Castillo. This team is already looking uh, fairly different. And with that comes a lot of money, a lot of money available to spend. So I'm looking at the projections for next year. Right now, accounting, this is including arbitration and everything else. The salary right now for all the guys on our team after arbitration, our payroll will be projected $127 million. 127 m- million dollars last year. Last year we paid we our payroll was about 167. So that gives us about 40 million, 40 million dollars to spend
1: in free agency. So we, so we could the, easily afford a for one year, 17 million.
0: I'm saying <laughs> that's, that's exactly my point, Bert. Well, speaking of 17 million, 17.4 million is the qualifying offer for a starting pitcher this year. So guys like Jake Arrieta, the Cubs offered a qualifying offer. He'll probably decline that, thinking he can yeah. make more than a one-year deal. And the raise— hold on. Can you say that again? Jake Arrieta, the qualifying offer oh, is yeah. $17.4 million. Jake Arrieta will turn right. that down, so he's going to sure. be a free agent available. Alex Cobb was offered that from the raise. He'll probably also turn that down. Yeah,
2: I was a little surprised by Alex Cobb being offered that. Just knowing traditionally how stingy uh, the Red Sox are, and and from what I've seen, the Rays, like I'm looking the at Rays, MLB Rays. trade rumors. The Rays. yeah. Or what did I say? The Red Sox. Uh, how stingy the Rays are, and looking at MLB trade rumors, they have it projected that he that he's going to sign a contract of four years and forty eight million dollars. That's like the, their prediction, right? Forty eight, which is great, not a uh, bad. But four forty eight, ah, uh, if that's what I'm getting, I might be tempted to do the one year seventeen and a half million dollars. As opposed to the twelve million a year over four years, yeah. and then next year try to get that same type deal. Right, I
0: always, I always wonder about this because the numbers are outrageous. Because one year seventeen million, I could take that and retire. Like seventeen million, that's enough for a career for me. So these numbers make no sense. And it's, I think, more than the seventeen million a year. It's that the players want that security to know they'll be on this team for four years. And I think yeah. it's that long term. You yeah, have all the injuries out there. Uh, exactly guaranteed contract, right? Especially for a pitcher. Um, but it shows you that that seventeen million. It shows you what the Orioles are going to have to spend to bring a decent uh, pitcher in. It. Pitcher in is going to have to be around that four year forty million. Well, I tell you what. I
2: was looking at the article posted by uh, Rakubako. If, if ever the Orioles do anything, even like so much as sneeze, Rakubako turns into a blog. So I was reading his latest blog about the Welling C- C- Castillo accepting the offer, and I read the last line of this blog, and I almost fell off my chair. Like, I literally almost fell off my chair when I read this last line. What did he say? He said this. This is after he goes on this article about Welling Castillo, his the year he had not accepting the option for $7 million uh, to elect free agency. He then says, Duquette figures to pursue a veteran catcher to possibly compete for a job and at least provide some insurance to triple a Norfolk. Francis Pena is a minor league free agent who was outrighted three times this year. Do cat figures to pursue a veteran
0: Why? catcher to possibly compete for a job. That sounds horrible. That's what he did last off And it worked. Last Why? Time. Why yeah. when you've got Caleb Joseph in there that can fill a hole for a while? Yeah, that's, it doesn't make sense. If you're the orders, you have
1: $40 million. <laughs> no. I yeah. want catchers not <laughs> high on the priority. Pitcher, I want pitcher, every single time
2: going yeah. to finding started pitchers. Or Manny Machado. Or Manny Machado. So, and, and the other people I've been hearing, I've been hearing people talk about um, uh, uh, another left-handed at bat or defensive outfield help. Um, and, and I guess, maybe, but again, I, I don't understand why. Why, like, defensive help fine. But in my eyes, that's assuming if you're getting for more outfield help that you're thinking maybe Austin Hayes isn't ready. And I can't imagine that a cheap veteran option is going to be a better option than Austin Hayes. Now, I know Austin Hayes, is, I think he's a righty, and then you want a lefty, another lefty at bat. But I think too much has made that lefty-righty nonsense. But, like, again, I, I don't want more outfield help. No,
0: and I, we, I don't want it back to catcher. I just want starting pitcher. Right. We saw this season that it's, it's pitching, pitching, pitching. The Orioles need pitching. We've got guys in the minors that can fill other holes. Pitching is what we need. And I we cannot be waiting until February. We need to be on the, on the phone with these guys today, tomorrow. Uh, there's no delay. We all know it's pitching. Everyone knows the Orioles need pitching.
2: Yeah. So let's look at what the Orioles can do. And, Bert, I might need your help for the little math skills here. Um, okay.
0: So the Orioles have
2: $60 million to spend, right, for, for starting pitching. So one yeah. option <laughs> –
1: I got my calculator. Yeah.
2: They could do is sign the best starting pitcher on the market. And that's you, Darvish. All right. Okay. Who's projected to go for six years, 160. Six okay. years, 160 would be what? Like 33 million a year or something? Six years for 160. 20, 26, 24, 20 26. and
1: two thirds.
2: Oh, look at that. So you could have spend Just under 27. 20, yeah. You could spend the, the $27 million. And still have what $13 million left over for, for, for other uh, for someone else. Can
0: I give you two about reasons? 13 mil. Can I give you two reasons not to sign you Darvish? Yeah. World Series, what, game two and six? What did he pitch? Oh. Stop. He pitched game that, seven. Game seven and two and seven. Yeah. He's gonna make $150 million and
2: no one's gonna care about that game seven. I guarantee it. Nope.
1: Nope.
2: Alright. Uh, but but the problem with that is. If you tie up a long-term deal like that for that much money, you can do it this year, but but you long-term they're saying bye-bye to Manny Machado. Yeah, that's true. Right. Here's another option from uh, AL East option. So let's talk about the the right. division AL East.
0: You want to go with my guy Alex
2: Cobb? I was first going to say the guy who is a little more expensive than Alex Cobb, Masahiro Tanaka, who they project okay. is going to go for five years, hundred million.
0: But don't you think the Yankees will just wrap that up? I don't know. Do you, do you see him leaving New York? According to we, MLB trade rumors, they predict him going to the Phillies.
1: Haven't we heard all these years though that like his elbow is being held together with duct tape? Yeah. So,
0: giving him a five-year
2: deal is for a hundred million dollars. I would back away from because
1: of the arm issues. Here. Well, and oh, yes.
0: that mean don't worry. I'm sure the medical stuff in Baltimore will will find figure that out.
1: Doctor Nick Riviera, hi everybody. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hi Dr. Dr. Nick. Nick. <laughs> 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 all
2: right. So assuming you don't go the Udarvish route because you don't want to jeopardize your options to sign Manny Machado long term, and assuming you don't go to Masah- Masahiro Tanaka route because uh, the arm issues, and assuming Sorry. you don't want to go the Jake Garrieta route because Jake Garrieta won't speak to you because you left on bad terms. Right. All that aside, going down to the next level, that, that's like first tier guys. Now we go to second tier, and there's just two guys in the you, second. tier. You think Jake
0: Arietta's a first tier guy?
1: Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, he'll be. He'll go. Yeah, he he, he brought the Cubs a World Series for the first time 100 and some years. All right. Yeah, he's gonna be
2: a hundred million dollar guy at least. A hundred million dollar guy.
0: It's amazing. Um,
2: the, you go down a little bit, and they got Lance Lynn. They project okay. him at four years, fifty six million. That sounds more what, like thirteen million dollars a year, four years, fifty six. That sounds more okay. in the Orioles' range.
0: Okay. Yeah. Where is he do currently pitching?
2: Anaheim, he, right? he's, I mean, he's, a he's a Cardinals he's guy, the, right? For the Cardinals, but now he's a free yeah. agent.
0: All right, then I'm going to say no because I don't want another National League experiment. <laughs> it's, it, if you bring in a guy, you have <laughs> okay. to bring in a guy who has proven that he can pitch in the American League. It's different. We, we brought in Ubaldo. What, two years after he was a Cy Young candidate in the, in the National League? Yeah. that That's what happens when National League comes to American League. So, so that let me when get this straight, C.C. Josh.
1: Sabathia came to the New York Yankees from Milwaukee.
0: Yeah, and then he had some weight problems.
1: Uh,
2: so let me get this straight, Josh. You would rather have Miguel Gonzalez than Lance Lynn because Miguel Gonzalez has been good before in the AL East. Okay. No, I'm
0: saying you got to give me an equivalent guy in the in the AL East. I'm telling you the best pitchers
2: are available. These right. are the best pitchers. So if you don't like them, you're this is the best. You're going to get someone worse if you don't like them. But fine, don't like them. The next guy is your boy Josh Cobb.
0: That's the only answer.
2: 4 years and 48 million dollars is what he's projected
0: to yep. make. That that's that's, that's your year. best guy right there. You got to lock him lock him up by next week.
2: Yeah. Okay, but you have forty million dollars to spend. Right. So you spend twelve million dollars on him. All right. Still, fine. I still got forty-eight. Mi-
3: million.
0: Yeah. All right. St- I, I still got forty-eight million. Twenty-eight million. You said I got sixty million to spend. Is that what I said? Yeah. So if I give I'm him sorry, twelve million a I'm year, I they- have forty million. I said sixty. you have forty million. I have forty million. All right. Fine. Yeah. I got twenty-eight million a year. Yeah. All right. That'll lock up, Manny. It will. And there we go. But, but
2: but your rotation can't be done with Cobb. My you can't rota- have Bundy, Gossman, Cobb, and then no one. My
0: rotation have- my rotation's done with Cobb. You bring, Really? You bring in a guy like Cobb, and I'm okay going with the rest of the guys. I'll roll Uh-oh. the dice with the other four if you give me a, a dominant guy on top. I will take my chance on Bundy performing well and Gossman performing well. And that gives you then three pitchers. I'd give Tillman... I try to pull Tillman in for eight nine mil, um, and then and then lock it up with whoever's in the you know uh, Asher Castro.
2: Yeah, the only way I get on board with that is if you can sign Manny Machado. Right. Oh, definitely.
0: No, and that's my whole game plan is that you bring Manny back. If this is the if if you're not bringing Manny back, you got to sign three of these mid level guys. But go on. let's let's play your game. Keep
2: going through. Well, see, this is going to be the problem because I don't know how the Orioles are going to spend $60 million. I don't know how they're going to – I mean, $40. I keep on saying $60. $40 million. I don't know how they're going to spend $40 because once you sign uh, uh, Alex Cobb, if you sign him,
0: there's no one else there. Right, and this whole free agent – this whole offseason begins with one question. Are we we re-signing Manny? Right. And then that's the whole – you need to answer that question, this whole Duquette saying, oh, we're considering it. No, you need to have that answer two weeks ago and build your entire plan around that. Because you're at a crossroads here. You can go in two or three different directions. The question is, we've got Manny or we're not going to have Manny. How do we proceed?
2: Yeah, I mean, because after that, you're looking at guys like Andrew Kashner. You're looking at guys like Tommy Garcia. You're, you're looking at guys like C.C. Um, Zabathia, which are all veterans with big risks, which aren't necessarily better than what you have already on your squad. The only people that are significant upgrades on your squad that are free agents are – we've been over them – Yu Darvish, Masahiro Tanaka, Alex Cobb, Lance Lynn, Jake Arrieta. Those really are only only significant upgrades. You can argue maybe a C.C. Zabathia-type guy for one year or something. Or Andrew Kashner, maybe you get lucky. But those options don't really appeal to me. And so it, you really have to get Alex Kopp. <laughs> and right. I mean, if we don't get him, then I guess we can move over to Lance Lynn. If we don't get either of those two guys, I don't know what we do. I don't know what we do.
0: Right. and that, and that, Yeah, but that's why it starts with Manny. Because that determines, do we need to win next year or do we extend it a little longer? Do you get one guy or... You know what? If we're not re-signing Manny, then you might as well get you Darvish and lock him down along with another guy. Spend all the Manny money on pitching, and just figure out what you're going to do.
1: And if you're not going to sign Manny, trade him for a pitching prospect.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, you're right. It changes everything, right? Because if you're not going to sign Manny, then I don't know if you want a 31 year old, a 32 year old, you uh, Darvish on a five year deal. I mean, right. then it's like you're kind of rebuilding mode anyway. I don't, I don't know. It's just a lot of tough decisions. But it all begins with Manny Machado, and, and you got to roll from there. But they'll start in pitching options. You have money. You have money, but there's not pitchers. <laughs> I think right. that's going to be the problem is not, not that we don't have enough money to get these pitchers. It's that there's only like a couple pitchers out there, and if right. you don't get
0: them, you're screwed. Right, and that so, means they're going to cost more.
2: Yeah, which is fine. Like overpay. Pitchers are always overpaid. Overpay for him, but even with overpaying for them, I still don't know if you can get that. Because if you're if you're a cop, right, and you want to do a four year deal, why and you know, Josh, you talk about all the time, pitching in the AL East is the is miserable. It's the hardest division to pitch in baseball. So why would anyone come to a team that just finished uh in the cellar <coughs> of the AL East to what to pitch at Camden Yards, a uh, hitters friendly ballpark? I mean, why would Cobb come here? Why would yeah. Lance Lemp come here? Uh, unless you pay them a lot of money, overpay them big time. So it's going to be hard to get these free agents. And if you don't upgrade and start pitching, next year's going to be a joke, an absolute joke.
0: Yeah, uh, but little, at least the Orioles' season ended over a month ago, so they've had plenty of time to sit down and decide what they're going to do.
2: I mean, I, I have no doubt that they have that they have a game plan. That that. I, I'm sure they have like a Manny Machado plan and a not Manny Machado plan.
0: Yeah, but but or had they chosen a path. You got to choose a path. Now, you can't be sitting and waiting until February to decide what path to go and then sign uh, Sabathia because no one else has and because Duquette lo- there's nothing Duquette and Buck love more than a guy who was great 10 years ago.
2: Yeah, it's dirt cheap.
0: Yeah, I mean, but I don't know.
2: Like, What if Manny Machado doesn't tell you, Josh? Manny. Like what if Manny Machado says
0: I'm gonna wait and see how this year go, how this year goes? That's fine, but here's how you. But what are you doing? Is it if he, the only reason Manny Machado would tell you to wait? Would be two reasons: you're being cheap, and you're not giving him a real offer, or you're not giving him an offer. If you give him a real number that you think is a real number, you're giving him his 400 million that we all know he deserves and he's gonna get. Then he's either going to say yes, or you plan on giving him whatever he wants, like you did to Chris Davis.
2: But doesn't always work like that, right? Like Scott Boris is famous for 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 doing this with clients. Like some of them just don't like, especially with with, like Harper and Machado. You don't know. You don't know if it's going to be two fifty, if it's going to be three fifty, or it's going to be four fifty. You don't know. And the only way to find out is to get him in a bit of war in the offseason. Chris Davis would have never made that money if he didn't get an imaginary bidding, bidding war with, with the, the, the Detroit Tigers. Yeah, And so, I mean, you, know, Chato, you might want to just wait for that bidding war. So you might keep on saying, hey, Orioles, I'm kind of interested. Don't trade me. I'm interested. I'm interested. And then just wait for that bidding war at the end of the season to, I get- to get the most amount of money possible.
0: Yeah, and I get that. But here's what you got to do as the Orioles. You have to come out and make him a real offer. None of this. We The Orioles have a reputation for crappy offers. They need to go out and make a real offer and say, all right, Manny. Here's eight years, four hundred million. Here's ten years, four hundred million, and Manny can sit on it. But four hundred million, it
2: better be. Yeah, it better be for at least ten years, probably fifteen years. Right, four hundred
0: million. I think it's uh, ten years, four hundred four hundred million. The Orioles make that offer, and then the Orioles got to tell Dan Duquette, "Hey, we offered him four hundred million, 40 uh, and and they have to at least put leak it out there that they made a real legitimate offer with real numbers behind it. So then, we as a fan base know. Okay, we're not we're not overspending on pitching this season because they serious are serious about resigning Manny. You got to make your intentions clear, or we're all sitting here like, "What is Duquette doing? We're not going to do anything again." At oh, least, so for you, this is PR. You think the Orioles need to be better? At if, PR. If with Manny. Manny, if Manny says no, then you have to go the PR route. If Manny says wait, you have to go the PR route because if Manny says no then I'm going to assume it's because the Orioles offered 10 years $200 million. and And they, if Manny sa- says – if they do not re-sign Manny, I, without it coming out what the Orioles have offered, I will assume that the Orioles under-offered, way under-offered, and try to what? get that hometown discount that doesn't exist.
2: Well, I mean, the Orioles are good at PR, so this is going no, to – it's gonna be the Mark to share a thing where Manny Machado is gonna sign somewhere else, and the Royals gonna say, "Man, we offered him just a million dollars less, but but he chose them over us just for that extra million dollars." No, we and o- gonna, don't you remember we offered to share way less? Right. Yeah, but 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 we we made it sound like we had a legitimate offer into him. Well, and so we'll what, do the same thing with Manny
0: Machado. No, and that's why I'm saying that you've gotta let the truth out because you've gotta show that you made a real offer. No one believed that they that Tashera chose just just based on money.
2: No, Tasher chose because he was a Yankee fan in all his life, growing up. In That's the right. Fire. Yeah, never forget. Some other Orioles. No, oh, hey, we're talking about the off season. Can I throw out some important off season dates? This is baseball mode here, people. Some yeah, important go. off season dates to 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 look for. So today. At 5 p.m. is when free agency, as Josh mentioned earlier, today at 5 p.m., free agency officially began. Um, So Oskob may or may not be an Oriole before the end of the night. Who knows? (laughs) Um, (laughs) uh, Today was also at 5 p.m. was the deadline just to give a qualifying offer to your players. Surprisingly enough, uh, Alvarez, Flattery, Jimenez, no one was given the qualifying offer. No one. Not even Craig Gentry? Not even Gentry don't oh, wow. No Seth Smith? <laughs> yeah. Uh, tomorrow is when Ma- uh, Ma- Manny Machado wins his third gold glove, because tomorrow the gold glove award winners are announced. So congrats, Manny. Is it too early to say congrats, Manny? Maybe should we wait for tomorrow?
1: Now he's up against Kyle Seager and Adrian Beltre. And I'll just tell him, Matt before the show, you have to go back six years before you get to Evan Longoria. The past – uh, six Gold Glove winners have either been Beltre, Seager, or Machado. And it's yeah. the same three finalists this year. So, I don't know. I'd like to think he's going to win, but it could be a toss-up. Well,
2: I have my tweet already written. I'm just ready, right, I'm, I'm waiting for it to be official before I hit congrats, Manny, on my tweet and send it out.
1: Basically, I mean, that's the, forever in a day with the Orioles, like these little, you know, nice awards – or like the only redeeming quality for what was otherwise a crappy season
2: yeah Um, on November 8th the MLB Players Choice Award winners are announced I I have no idea what that means MLB (laughs) Players Choice Awards it's like the
1: Nickelodeon Kids Choice Awards
2: I guess November 9th the Silver Slugger Award winners are announced good the the Orioles usually get a Silver Slugger in there Chris Davis won it once right Uh, yeah maybe,
0: maybe Scope this year if anyone I don't know uh, maybe Mancini. He has some good numbers. Man, did you mention that he's a finalist for Rookie of the Year?
2: November thirteenth is when the Rookie of the Year winner is announced. November thirteenth today, we did find out as Josh just said that Trey Mancini, the Orioles' own Trey Mancini, won uh, or is a finalist for the yes. uh, AL Rookie of the Year. Boys, what are the chances that it's it's just it's between Judge, Benatendi? And Trey Mancini, what are the chances of Trey Mancini bringing home the rookie of the year for the AL? The what do same. You guys think? The, the, slim. The same. Slim.
0: Right. Same chances the Orioles signed Yu Darvish and Manny Machado this offseason. <laughs> mm. mm. uh, it was Aaron Judge, uh, Ben Nintendo, and um, Ben Nintende, and uh, Trey Mancini. So clearly, uh, Mancini's going to end up third in that list, but it's still cool to be nominated.
2: Yeah, I was prepared to be outraged that he was gonna be snubbed and not left off the list and that um uh, that guy who does the slant eyes for the Astros is gonna get it. And I was surprised that Mancini actually was a finalist one of the top three. So that's remember at the beginning of the year, we talked about this at the beginning of the year, he was fighting for a roster spot. And to go from yeah. that point to learn a new position in the outfield and to be so good offensively, uh, to become considered an AL AL rookie of the year fi- finalist is a really a cool honor for for uh, for Trey Mancini, I was looking at it. It is, and I mean, it is it's the numbers crazy. It's crazy. He was to... First in hits among rookies, he was second in batting average among rookies. He was tied for third in home runs among, among rookies, and he was tied and he was third in RBI for for rookies. So I mean, it's just a great year.
0: It is crazy though to think about the fact that he did not play outfield until we suggested it in December. Yeah, it's almost like it's not hard
1: to run under a ball and catch it.
0: Right, it's, it's like they're all professional baseball players.
1: <laughs> it's Yeah, it's not too shabby for a kid who had literally nothing else to do on the day before opening day except to call into Birdland Radio and talk to us.
2: <laughs> um, other important dates, November 13th to 16th, general managers meet in Orlando, Florida. A lot of trade talk, a lot of trade talk in Orlando. All right, when that, when's that date again?
0: November 13th through 16th.
1: 13th through 16th? Oh, that's, that's uh, next week, yeah.
0: And wait, where where's that in Orlando? Yeah. yeah. I might be in Orlando one of those days. Can I just swing on by? Yes. Yeah, stop can, stop
2: can, in to see. Can I stop in and see Dan Duquette? Yeah, I mean that's something we're not talking a lot about. But one option, when the with the, such a uh, a lack of good pitchers on the free agent market, Dan Duquette is known for pulling some deals in the off season, So maybe a trade to bring in. Um, has a
0: pitcher. Has Dan Duquette ever made a move in November? A pre
1: Christmas no. move.
2: No, he's a January kind of guy. January, February kind of guy.
1: Yeah, I was going to say, are you joking? Because they always have those rumors of he's talking to people at the owner's meeting, but he never <laughs> does anything. That's it's atrocious.
2: Yeah. They just wait for he's waiting for the rule five draft. November fourteenth, the manager of the year announced any chance Buck Showalter wins Manager of the Year?
0: No. No. Get, the, no, no, no. Get out of here. Did you did you see the month of September? <laughs>
2: Uh, why did things allow long for you guys
1: to respond to that question? It was a trick question. <laughs> yeah, you, you caught me off not paying attention, but now I'm paying attention. I, I was Googling where the winter owners' meetings are. Of course, they're at the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin Resort. So no, see, I, but
0: I was doing that too. I need to go. Is the owners' meetings there? Because the baseball winter meetings are there, but not till December. Oh, that's two different things? I don't know. That's what I was, I was Googling the same thing. I don't know what the owner meetings are. That's uh, next week. Oh, no, yeah, this the is just general winter meetings.
2: Yeah. The winter meetings are the real stuff that happens uh, in December.
1: What Also where Dan Duquette does nothing. Right. So, even though they, people tell us. But him there's the a lot right. more rumors in December than
2: in November.
0: Yeah. So what's the November thing? Is it they all take a vacation together?
2: Yeah, they all meet up. And I, this is probably more about, I don't know, about rules or something. I don't know. But they all meet up yeah. for three days. Extending may, may, the netting, things like that. Yeah, maybe it's just a whole vacation trip. I don't know. Maybe maybe they all go to SeaWorld together. See Shamu. I don't know. That
0: sounds fun. November 15th,
2: Cy Young Award Award winner announced last year. um, Zach Britton was snubbed for not winning or even being a finalist for the Cy Young. Um, This year, do you guys think Dylan Bundy will get snubbed and not win the Cy Young Award?
0: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> uh, this that, same is taking a turn yeah. for the ridiculous. It's not, it's not a snub.
2: November 16th, MVP. <laughs> November 16th, deadline for free agents to accept the qualifying offer. Oh, so we got to wait for November 16th to decide if Alex Cobb is going to accept that or not. That's a, that's a wait. All right, all right. Um, December 1st, you got to have your 40-man uh, rosters in. And then the big day. This is when Orioles make their money. Make the magic happen. December 14th. The Rule Five Draft.
0: Okay, That's so, what so that'll be the first new Oriole that we get to talk about for this season.
2: Yeah. So if nothing happens between now and December fourteenth, something will happen on December fourteenth.
0: Wonderful. Sounds like a whole
2: lot of fun. Another TJ McFarlane or another um, Jason Garcia? Who knows? Just wait and see. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. Woo-woo. It's going to be awesome. We're we're,
1: uh, we're on the we're on the precipice of what could be a franchise changing year next year with or without Manny Machado with or without a big name, free agent starting pitcher. Yeah. And we're, we're also entering what is going to be Buck Showalter's eighth full season as the manager of this team. That's if you took his tenure with the Yankees and the Rangers combined, uh, would be eight years. Mm, And, And sure. He's turned the franchise around, but at, at some point, it's like I feel like it could be spinning wheels, and it's especially with what may or may not happen in the 2018 season.
2: Yeah, I, I mean, I hear you, and you're right. This is a crucial offseason and a crucial year for the Orioles, for the direction of the team for the next five, ten years. Yeah. Uh, but any notion that Buck Showalter has had an unsuccessful tenure here I think is ridiculous because remember what life was like before Buck Showalter got here. He totally I, changed I the, the culture, he totally changed the relevancy of this of this baseball team. And so even if they never win a World Series, even if Buck Showalter coaches here, manages here for two more years and they don't make the playoffs again, I still can't look
0: at his tenure as as being unsuccessful. No, it's not unsuccessful, but it's right. time. It's time to either win or get on with it.
1: Exactly that's my point yes yes he changed the franchise he changed the tenure he's known for that as a manager he turned the Yankees around he turned the the Arizona Diamondbacks around he turned the Orioles around granted it, it, you know he's he's been here for seven and a half going on eight years now uh but yeah it's either uh, poo or get off the pot. Eight years. He did, he was four four years with the Yankees, three years with Arizona, four years with the Rangers. All of a sudden, the Orioles eight years. All right, how many opportunities he's going to get? Yeah, he getting us to the playoffs, but we we can't get any further than that. We get swept in the in the uh, ALCS in 2014. That, that was three years ago.
0: Right. What those other teams did is those four years, he turned the team around. He got him into the playoffs, and then they let him go for not getting far enough. Um, right. The Orioles, he got him into the playoffs, and then they kept let him try and try and try, and it ain't working. He's still not getting anywhere.
1: All three of those franchises have won a World Series. Uh, yeah, you know since he left. Now, I'm maybe, not, maybe look, it wasn't the very next year, but it, they've all done it
0: right. Now, I'm not saying get rid of Buck. I I want Buck. I'm saying you got to It's time to win. Way. This I, is I, leading I, that move. way. I can't blame any of this on Buck. I I really. Yeah. Yes, um, you can. I'm Last am- year's wild card game. I'm amazed. How- oh, true. True. I'm amazed. Got him. I'm amazed how many um smart baseball people I talk to that still blame <laughs> all of this. No matter what's going on, they all blame it on still Peter Angelos. And I have a hard time doing that, but I'm amazed how many people do blame this on Peter Angelos and that the discomfort in the warehouse between Dan Duquette and Buck Showalter is because of Peter Angelos and that it all comes down to Peter Angelos.
1: Yeah, but we'll never know that. That Stories like that don't get publicized and, and nobody no. nobody knows except
0: the people who are in the room. Well, we might find that in a few years when he dies and someone else takes over.
1: Yeah, maybe, but you never know if, if Dan Duquette really is just a guy who picks off the scrap heap or a guy who... Is begging and begging for money but he's not getting it but nobody right.
0: knows right we don't know if Duquette is cheap because he's forced to be and he's actually pretty good at because of what uh, he has to work with or if this is Duquette's moves we don't know at what point Peter Angelos says is involved we know that yeah. Peter. we know that Peter Angelos did muddle in the Chris Davis uh, relationship and sign in we do know that much.
2: I I don't understand any of this conversation that's taking place. I have no <laughs> idea what you guys are talking about. I mean the Orioles are spending one hundred and sixty six million dollars last year. One hundred and sixty six million dollars. That's yeah. a, that's a lot more than the Astros are spending. How much and are they're still able to win how we're much Peter Angelos cause we're not we're right there up top ten in in salaries. Right. And everyone criticizes Peter Angelos for the for the Chris Davis thing. And if that's their biggest insult to, to Peter Angelos, is that he medals he and signs money. and pays guys more money than they should get. And that's their biggest criticism of Peter Angelos, and fine. He spends too much money on players. Okay, fine. You can hit him for that. How and about Buck Showalter? You met a Buck Showalter? Every year, the Orioles are predicted to finish like 10 games below 500. And every year, Buck Showalter blows up those pre- predictions. About- you want to fire someone? You, about- you want to get mad at someone? Get mad at whoever can't develop a freaking starting pitcher for the last 20 years. Get mad at, at, at the team's inability to develop one, one really good starting pitcher after we draft him in the first round every single year. Get mad at that guy. Who Get is that guy? I don't know. <laughs> some guy in the minors or some scout. Fire a scout.
0: Yeah, it is. Um, the Astros are a great team to look at because that team was totally built from the ground up to do this. I think it's pretty amazing that Sports Illustrated predicted them to win the, the 2017 World Series back in 2014 by looking at their minor league system and who they had coming up. And to take a guy like George Springer and even put him on the cover, I didn't. it took me a few times of looking into that to realize that that was a true story, that they, yeah. that, that <laughs> they did that. It was just a meme. No, I, 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 I saw the but cover. There was a lot
2: of fake memes that sprung out of that one. Right. I yeah. saw that
0: cover five, six times on Twitter before I realized it was from 2014 and not this week's uh, cover.
2: Yeah, I mean, it's almost like if you have an awesome farm team and awesome prospects that in a few years they become good baseball players. Uh, the the Orioles need to get, I mean, better prospects. And the, and the problem is that these good pitching prospects like Kevin Gossman and Dylan Bundy were still waiting for. And don't get me started on Hunter Harvey and more recently Cody Sedlock. Uh, Like, these guys, this is the only way to do it. There's no other way. And Adam McPhail said this, you know, 10 years ago uh, about growing in the arms and and buying the bats. You can't spend $200 million on you, Darvish. So the only other way to compete is to grow starting pitchers. Not to grow five great starting pitchers, but to grow, I don't know, three pretty good starting pitchers. Or one really good starting pitcher, and then two okay ones. You got to do it. You can't sign five starting pitchers. What about they've, done, they've done that with a our projected turn rotation. That's that's uh that's five terrible. That's one good pitcher, one average pitcher, and three terrible pitchers.
0: And you got to be better than that. Yeah, but the good and the average are homegrown guys.
2: Yeah, fine. That's not good enough. Not nearly good enough. You need to grow a U Darvish. You huh. you, you got it. You got to grow. A, a great pitcher, an ace. You got to go, ace. Well,
0: how do you do that? Is it international marketing? Is it is it the fact that they're cheap on their scouts? That they're cheap on signing young guys? Where is but the I, breakdown?
2: I, I don't know. But but my point is, it's not Buck Showalter's fault that they can't develop an ace. It's not their pitching coach's fault. It's not. There's other problems here. And so to just say Peter Angelos sucks, or to say Buck Showalter hasn't won the World Series, I think is over the oversimplifying the problem and taking and then getting rid of Buck Showalter isn't going to solve any of the problems we have. It's not going to make a great pitcher start. It's not going to make us a break. Uh, Hunter Harvey just become an ace. If you fire Buck Showalter and you're not going to win unless your starting pitching gets better.
1: But what do you say that there's, there could be some benefit to a change in the uh, environment, a change in the personnel that a new manager with a You, one of our things. In our notes is the entire coaching staff is coming back next year, right? Josh, yeah, you put that
0: right. in there. Yeah.
1: The, but, so we're bringing back the the pitching coaching staff that put up the worst records in baseball history. Why would why would they not make a change there?
0: Well, because if you're saying if you're blaming him for the worst record, you also have to give uh, Roger McDowell credit for Dylan Bundy having a, a career year. And uh, give it. I feel like to Dylan really Bundy. Out of the pen, Dylan, Dylan Bundy.
1: It doesn't matter who the pitching coach is. Dylan Bundy is going to improve from 2016 to 2017. But if anything, I, way, I think
0: Medalla probably hurt but, his potential other, that he could have been, been. Is Wade
1: Miley going to suck No matter
0: them right? There. Yeah,
2: man, is going to be terrible no matter who's who's they coaching him. Right. So you right. want
0: you want to you want to blame the pitching coach for the bad things and then not give him credit for the good things. You got to either give him both or none. Either he does nothing or he helps them improve but, and wasn't Josh, able to help other people. But, Josh, at the end of the day,
2: how, how do you judge a pitching coach? One really good way to do it is by Team ERA. Yes.
0: And our Team ERA was one of the worst in baseball. So Right. And I would look at what that Team ERA was projected to be and see how that goes. But really, for a pitching coach, a pitching coach, his real job is to is to help players figure it out and to help players see what they're not seeing. So if I want to know whether or not I should resign a pitching coach, I'm going to go ask my pitchers. Hey, is this guy helping you or should we bring someone else in? Because it's way more about relationships than what he's actually doing out there.
1: (laughs) I'm sure Wade uh, Wade Miley and Chris Tillman both said, oh, yeah, McDowell's really helped me. No, Uh, I had the best year of my career.
0: (laughs) Maybe. Who knows? Tillman's been struggling, but he came off of an injury. I mean, you have to... You have to balance it. Should we fire Scott Kubol because they weren't getting on base when we know the team philosophy is to hit the swing for the fence every time? Well, maybe the team philosophy is not working. Yeah, maybe. But that team philosophy we know goes down even into the minor leagues. So who sets that up? Is that the Buck Showalter philosophy? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think it's Scott, Scott Kubol, and
2: everyone always likes to fire coaches. I mean, I think if you look at the development of some of our young hitters, like look at the young hitters, the better hitters, who you would think at this point are beyond coaching, like Chris Davis and Mark Trumbo, they're the ones who struggled last year. The young hitters, who you would think is, are more um, open to coaching, guys like Jonathan Scope and Trey Mancini, had really good years. So yeah. from that standpoint, I really, I, I mean, I think Scott, Scott Kubal did did a fine job. Jack McDowell, I, I think it's just you You give him another another year because you don't want him to be a one-and-done guy and you want him to have another run, run, run at it. That's the only reason I could think of why you would bring him back because you just don't want him. You think he can still get it done and if he just has another year, I guess. I don't know.
1: Yeah, and it's a shame that that one year is going to probably be the last year we have Manny Machado, that we're going to let him trot it out and try it one more time and not have the worst ERA in all of baseball.
2: Yeah, but I tell you what will help it that maybe bring in some good pitchers. Bring in the Cobb.
1: Yeah.
2: You bring in Cobb, I guarantee our ERA becomes better next year. You bring right. in Cobb and Lynn, it goes down even more. Agreed. You bring in Tillman and Miley, you bring back them, and then
0: it's the same toss You up.
2: know what you're getting. Yeah. All right. Well, what we got us on the show notes, boys.
0: I was just gonna. I was gonna ask you guys about the World Series. A lot of talk about the number of home runs in the World Series. Do you believe that they're juicing the ball? <laughs> no. You know they came out. You uh, Darvish said the ball felt different. Uh, Verlander said the ball. He was uh, autographing balls, and the pen went right on the balls. Right. You don't believe that's any too, of this, right?
2: That yeah. That's too much of a conspiracy. That you had special balls brought in. To, just for the World Series, right, for more are, home you know, runs, differently from 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 everything else, and you you used you didn't rub them up or something right. with the mud. That all sounds a little bit weird to me. I don't yeah. know.
0: But but I agree. I don't think the balls are juiced. But if you juiced them for the World Series, let's use those balls year round because that was a <laughs> really fun World Series. Home runs are exciting. It works for the Orioles. <laughs> let's let's just get more juiced balls. I'm all for juicing your balls. Yeah,
2: and, and good for you, Josh. You your balls all you want. I don't care either way. But what I'm saying is the I always look at the World Series as what the Orioles can kind of learn from it. And last year we saw teams like Cleveland who took the whole bullpen to the extreme. We're going to have awesome bullpens. Our star is going to throw three innings. And, you, and then you have the Astros this year who said, you know, our bullpen isn't really good. Our closer yes, sucks. Not gonna so what we're going to do is we're just going to make every starting pitcher uh, – we're going to have good starting pitchers and every one of them is going to be a bullpen arm. And so kind of do the complete opposite approach of, of Cleveland last year. So there's – it goes to show. There's there's more than one way to skin a cat. I just invented that saying. But there's more than yeah. one way to win a
1: World Series as well. I mean, you just got to win games. I agree. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was a pretty incredible – Josh mentioned the, uh, the Sports Illustrated predicting the Astros back in 2014. And, and the most incredible thing about that prediction is that they predicted – that they would trade post trade deadline for Justin Verlander, who would <laughs> carry them all the way through the postseason, uh, breaking records and just being amazing. I those kind of predictions, you can't you can't put a price tag on. I, that's just unbelievable. Yeah,
0: especially when Verlander was with the Tigers at the time.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: can you can't make that stuff up? Oh wait, you just did. We're getting some requests for the strawberry of the week, Matt, in the chat room. All right, let's get there. Hey, Josh, I put a link to a YouTube video. Can you play it for us?
0: I can if you, uh, the, if, you if you give me a second and you want to
2: set up your strawberry. Yeah, uh, so boy. We, I'm I'm sure our listeners are 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 good are good sports fans. This is from a press conference after a football game yesterday, uh, the Panthers football game, and I'm sure you guys know where I'm going with this, with one of the favorite one of my favorite strawberries. Uh, there's some big strawberries in sports. The biggest strawberry in the NBA is by far Kevin Durant. You watch (laughs) Kevin Durant talk at all, you'll realize right away that's a guy who's just a strawberry. If you just poke him or just look him the wrong way, he gets physically bruised and his feelings are hurt, and he'll go in the corner and cry about it. Um, Another, the biggest strawberry, I think, in the NFL, and you might disagree, because Jameis Winston, yesterday, he did some crazy stuff about. You see this? You see Jameis Winston yesterday did this, like do like the the wind symbol with his fingers and says did you guys see this this pregame talk no i i heard something about him fill me in this isn't my strawberry of the week this is just funny that james winston was in his huddle and you know how they get all huddled together at the beginning of a game and get each other pumped up james right. Winston trying to get everybody pumped up and he says yeah here i gotta i gotta win and he holds up his hand to a to a W, and he says i'm gonna eat it <laughs> he starts to." <laughs> Lick his fingers.
3: <laughs> and he, like, holds it to
2: the other players. Who wants to eat this win? Who wants to eat this win? So they would lick his fingers. Like, that was kind of, like, <laughs> and, like, everyone just kind of stood around them and they, they didn't get pumped at all. They just kind of stared at him. It was a little bit off. That's the, amazing. They didn't
0: all eat the W?
2: Yeah, they didn't eat his W. Yeah. Um, but that sets up the real snowflake of the week. And in my opinion, the biggest snowflake in the NFL, the biggest strawberry in the NFL is my man. And I like the guy. I like him. He's one of my favorite strawberries, to be honest. <laughs> and that's my man, Cam Newton. Josh, do you have this clip a of your assessment game?
1: of uh, Funchess's
3: play today, especially yards after catch? You know, the funny thing about it is he
2: has some quiet yards. You know. Okay, he's and, talking uh, about Funchess here. But in this <clears throat> second, what he can he's going to make he can, a comment he can, he can about Robert Benjamin. You know, yards the after catch. Strawberry comments Very savvy. Here. And so just he's just growing into and and that role. His and that's what you'd love to see. You know i feel as if there's some things that he can learn from things that i can learn from you know being that he's at a a more poignant position and um you know we're only going to get better you know he he he's he's taking that leadership role grabbed it by by the horn and, and and told everybody in that position room like listen this is what we got to do these are our expectations nobody's even you know give us and given us an, an opportunity you know yeah we just lost a great player but nevertheless you know
0: the 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 titanic still has to go <laughs> He <laughs> knows what happened at the
1: Titanic, titanic still, right <laughs> Titanic still
0: has so to He go. has this
2: great response talking about poignancy po- po- poignancy talking about leadership talking about nevertheless expectations here and just a really good response right and then, and then you're following him with Funches and and the leadership that Be- that Benjamin's leaving when as Benjamin leaves, he's a great player, and then he throws in this comment about we got to continue on like the Titanic.
3: Uh-huh.
0: Does Cam Newton as, know as, how the Titanic right, ends? As the Titanic kept going around that flat Earth. <laughs> Hold up,
2: and I I call this a strawberry issue because as you guys know, it's your education. Our, our young people today lack an education. Millennials lack of good education about and I, I, I mean the movie I guess everyone's it, saying right. dude, they know how the movie ends Titanic was an actual ship in history Well, that's that a, hit an iceberg and sunk that's the thing
0: I, I can get that he doesn't know his history but he didn't see the
2: movie
1: <laughs> <laughs> again the movie's probably before his time right like you guys were what in high school when that movie came out that was my uh, prom song the Celine Dion song 1998
0: <laughs> alright yeah, so, uh, no, so, yeah hey, we were in high school. Time. So you can excuse him for that. And food. I guess it's a chick flick, but still, every, I mean, yeah, you should know the Titanic.
2: Yeah, you you should probably know the Titanic. Uh, yeah, you should know the Titanic. That's, that's like, know your history. Just <laughs> know your history. And if you don't want to go there, then don't go there. But, like, you, he brought up the Titanic reference, he brought up the Titanic illusion of all the ships.
1: Yeah. Dimension. Well, hey, Matt, I've got an even bigger Strawberry of the Week for you. Ooh, okay. Top my strawberry.
2: Look at this bad boy.
0: I'll go throw that on some pizza.
2: Ooh. Bert, Strawberry of the Week is an actual big strawberry.
0: Bert is delicious. Bert eating the strawberry with, with his song so playing. I it's awkward you. now. I strawberry of the Week.
3: <laughs> that
0: I tell you what, coconuts... Go there, juicy.
3: That's
0: right.
2: Yeah, a couple things. That was a good camera show, camera. Right. J- Jimmy mentioned a good point that you've got to mention he was wearing a top hat um, and a monocle while he was doing the interview. I think people hate uh, Cameron's dress, he does dress like out of some different generations, like he's out of the 20s or something. But I, I really enjoy his. He actually dresses like he was. A participant on the Titanic, like he was a a guest <laughs> on the Titanic, is what he dresses like. He was the unsinkable uh, Molly Brown. Yeah, but I I liked I actually like the way that Cam Newton dresses. I'm a fan of Cam Newton's uh, attire. I'm a fan.
0: Yeah, I mean it's the NBA thing. It's it's what the NBA players started doing with the super dress up and trying yeah, to outdo each other in the press conference, and now it's crossing over to the N- NFL. You know what? Yeah, I'd, I'd love to see I, I want to see I would dress like that I want to see Joe Flacco in a big hat and a monocle <laughs> he'd look like the Monopoly man
1: I'd yeah. like to see Joe Flacco just win a football game oh snap <laughs> burn notice
2: uh, but if he can't win any games Bert, which he can't wouldn't you like to see him in a top hat with a monocle
0: and and that shirt sure. and making that <laughs> face that he made after the concussion where he didn't know where he was <laughs> you could convince him he was the Monopoly man <laughs>
2: All right, that's that's the strawberry of the week this week. Uh, so Cam Newton, like whenever, whenever like I'm having trouble finding something for a strawberry of the week, I look at what did Cam Newton do and what did Kevin Durant do this past
1: week. They're, they're, they're always good for something. And and also the dad joke of the week, courtesy of your father. Next week, if they win, he will say they're beginning to take flight like the Hindenburg. <laughs>
2: Let's <laughs> see what he did then. Let's see what he did then. <laughs> Alright, boys and girls, we thank you for listening again to Section 336. This is some good Orioles talk today. I feel, I feel, this yeah. put me in a good mood after a tough Ravens week. Though most of the Orioles talk is a little bit depressing, but we'll, we'll see where this offseason heads. <laughs>
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. next week I think we're going to get a little more into Ravens a little bit for the bye week and kind of ask, uh, I think we're going to get Ken McCusick on next week and kind of talk to him about what do, what do we watch for the next half of the Ravens season
2: oh hey because you do every week Josh your show with Kevin McKusick called Film Study
0: yeah it's called Film Study with Ken McCusick twice a week where we break down the defense and offensive play of the uh, Baltimore Ravens ok I didn't ask you to do a whole plug for it I'm but just helping I- you out
2: yeah, do you guys do, you're not helping me out because I said I didn't want to do a plug for it. You asked for do the plug, do video? I gave you plug. Do you guys do it on video like
0: that, like, like this? <laughs> we do, but I don't put it up on Facebook.
2: Oh, you don't?
0: <laughs> no. No, not yet. Okay, good, but this is going to be a Facebook, right? Yeah, yeah, we're going to get Ken on, so our little triple triple box will be a quad.
2: Yeah, so this is going to be cool. This is going to be a rare sighting that uh the film study mr film studies is going to emerge from his cave which he only does once a millennial and and talk to us about about the the raven so this is going to be a rare sighting of film study
0: yeah absolutely yeah we haven't had yeah. him on this season he's always uh always fun to talk to and uh, oh, yeah
2: he's so much smarter than we are that it's it's fun to feel dumb for a week so i'm looking forward to yeah, feeling he, that he,
0: week. he's so smart people right into the the podcast reviews of the film study review saying ken is awesome josh is that smart oh yeah,
2: yeah. so now section three three six is gonna get a bunch of views It it's awesome you guys have Ken on but uh right. matt burton are pretty,
0: pretty <laughs> exactly exactly we're gonna bring on someone smarter
2: that's why yeah we've got to be careful with interviews little expert if you want to start a podcast a uh, little professional advice when you interview people, make sure you're always the smartest person in the room. We're all gonna right. break that rule on next week when we
0: get 10 years. Right, and after that we'll we'll dumb it down. We'll bring in some uh, some of our friends and dumb it down.
2: Yeah. <laughs> are you gonna mention a name, Josh?
0: Sure, sure. We'll bring in uh, uh, we'll bring in Ryan Blake and RDT and Derek Arnold. Uh, those all those, those uh, are all guys. <laughs> those are all guys who do great work. We yeah, like yeah all those yo, guys. Sure, but none of us are uh, be- the crowns.
2: Yeah, yeah. So before Candy Cusick comes on here and makes us look dumb, you can still think we're smart and go to section and go to iTunes and write us a review. Just search Section 56 on iTunes, subscribe to the show, write us a review, give us five stars. You can also follow us on Instagram at section fifty six. Like us on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at section fifty six show. That's about it, right? It? Yeah, You're doing pretty good. Yeah, I'm, I'm killing it tonight. I'm killing it. You can also follow me on Twitter at Section 336. Just you can like follow the Titanic. baby Burt Rody.
1: At Burt Rody. Thanks, Bert. Did you fall asleep up there? No, but every once in a while, like, the, the audio quality gets all digitized and funky, and I can't tell if he's talking to me or not.
0: Uh, time to oh, get... that's
1: because we're coming to you in stereo,
2: stereoscopic sound. Time to Sometimes, get That's right. Perfectly normal.
0: Gotta get you guys um, back in the studio. No delay here.
2: Yep, yeah, yep, yeah, we're all, uh, and you can also follow the button lover
0: on Twitter at uh, Josh Sheroka. All right,
2: boys and girls, thanks for listening. And as always, go
3: Ravens, and go
1: Hose. Thank you for listening to the Section 336 podcast. Please go to iTunes and Facebook for all complaints or the occasional compliment. If I were you, I would not take any baseball advice from these guys. Josh and Matt were raised by an Orioles obsessed father, and Bert, uh, well, Bert fell in love with Don Mattingly. He has a thing for mustaches.
0: Wait, you wait, I didn't know we were all introducing ourselves. That's what that's you That's what to... he said.
1: All that's
0: right, what sure. Matt said to do. Okay. Yeah, why not? All right. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> what is this like a newscast all of a sudden we're throwing it around?
1: Yeah. I'm morally <laughs> safer. <laughs> and Bert with Zaniness.
0: Yeah, that's what we need.
1: <laughs> you need to have like a ticking clock in the background. Tick 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 today on three three six.